When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Always a pleasure to have you on board. And it's also brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort let's talk about nick chubb let's talk about kareem hunt nick chubb's ability to and i i don't know if there's a stat that exists and if there is i'll probably have to ask mine again about it but you know we talk about the yak whenever it comes to a wide receiver who catches a pass and it's yards after contact or yards you know um yeah yards after contact so but when it comes to running i wish we had a stat and maybe they do and i just need to look they it do. Up a little bit oh they do yards after line of scrimmage or yards after, oh. or yards after contact. It's yards after contact, and which was, I believe, he's, that I had heard that Chubb had the leaders there. Yeah, he had a hundred and two of his one hundred and thirteen against the Steelers in yards after contact. I, th- to me, that is just absolutely one hundred percent mind blowing what he is able to do. That it seems like when most running backs go down, Nick Chubb gives you another five or six yards. Well, he had a hundred and twelve. Um, yep against the New York, uh, or I'm sorry, against the Carolina Panthers in week one after Mm. contact. So yeah, it's a thing. He's one of the best in the league uh, after contact. He runs through tackles like you can't believe. Kareem Hunt is is pretty much the the same way, maybe not up there statistically like Nick Chubb is, but um, you have two very physical backs that run through contact. Um, I don't want to say that Nick Chubb uh, looks for contact or he, you know, whatever, but it's I've not seen anything like it in my life. I, you know, when I see running backs that are uh, dominating other teams, usually cause they're just, you know, breaking uh, they're, they're breaking through and into the secondary and that where, you know, Nick Chubb is still running guys over in the secondary. Um, it, it really is impressive, but yeah, he, uh, both of his hundred plus yard games uh, this season Um he has uh, over 100 yards of that coming 
after contact. I, that's just mind boggling to me. The other part of the rushing game, which I thought was interesting going into this thing, Daryl, was the fact that Dernis Johnson was finally uh, active for a game, and yet they didn't use him. So, I mean, I, I don't. What's going to happen? I mean, they're, they're going to have to trade him eventually, right? Probably. Uh, he's, you know, what he is. He's an insurance policy right now. Um, if something happens, uh, because we saw last year their depth at running back got decimated by injury and by COVID. So, um. He that's what he is. He's an insurance policy right now. Uh, if you, I, I don't know what his trade value would be. I don't know if you could get much of anything for him at this point, Andy. But that's just kind of how I feel like uh, where De Ernest is. That he's basically the insurance policy. The fact though that <clears throat> the Demetric Felton pump return experiment lasted a grand total of two weeks is somewhat telling. And look, it's it is what it is. Um, they lost their returner. Uh, the Browns have not had quality return game play since Josh Cribbs was was uh, doing it for them. Uh, you know what? I'll take that back. I thought Travis Benjamin. Let's give Travis Benjamin um, some love. Um, he did a nice job in the return game for them years ago. But honestly, since then, it, it's been an adventure there. So they're you know going through that cycle. But yeah, they're earnest right now. I think is is insurance policy for Chubb for Hunt. Should something happen to one of them, he's ready to step in and uh, you know carry that load. And you know we'll see if we get closer to the uh, the trade deadline here toward the end of October. Um, if you know there's any interest or any need, and maybe the Browns can flip him uh, for a future asset, but. Um, his value right now to them is just basically to be standing by and ready to go when called upon. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, let's flip over to the defense here for a second. As much as people wanted to complain about the way the defense looked, didn't look very good in the first half, and, and even... And they I mean, did I mean, they gave up almost 200 yards in the first half, 190. Yeah. That's that's not optimal. <laughs> but they but only gave up they only gave up three points in the second half, and I I think that at the end of the day, you have to, as much as people want to jump on Joe Woods, I mean, you got to look back and go, okay, they only gave up three points in the second half. Um, they gave up one play late in the game that you're like, okay, I understand it was kind of a prevent defense situation, but in the second half, they did what they needed to do to seal the win. Although special teams is another story because I think. I think half of the city was on its, you know, on its head and not outside kick at the end of the game. Uh, as well as Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Stefanski, I mean, Stefanski was asked what was going through his head during the onside kick. And there was like, we got to 10 Mississippi before he finally said a lot. <laughs> and right. That, and, and, that, and that's all he said. Um, but, uh, you know, bottom line is that ball got knocked out of bounds. Uh, which is what probably should happen against the Jets. And uh, they were able to ultimately hold on and um, win the game. But the defense deserves credit. They gave up 
uh, around 108 yards in the second half after almost giving up two bills in the first, as you mentioned, just three points in the second half. Um, you know, they, they, they really, uh, uh, really, really stepped it up. But when you look at this, um, defense, they're at their worst in the second and the fourth quarters, the first and the third quarter, they, they've pitched shutouts this year, believe it or not, they've not allowed a single point in the first or, um, the third quarter this year, but in the second quarter, uh, they've given up 35 points and been outscored by five points. And in the fourth quarter, they have also been outscored by five points and allowed 37 total points. So of their 72 points, they all come in the second and fourth quarter. It is bizarre uh, to think about that. But, I mean, they they deserve credit for how they played Thursday night in that second half because um, – you know, getting off the field quickly with those three and outs the way they did in that third quarter and getting the ball back into the, uh, the, the hands of Jacoby Brissett and the offense really allowed the Browns to just chew time off the clock. I mean, you look at the scoring drives, Andy, you, you couldn't draw it up any better. You know, seven plays, 60 yards, they did it in three minutes. Um, 12 plays, 79 yards, did it in six minutes. Uh, they got a field goal off a 14-play, 70-yard drive that took over seven minutes off the clock. Um, they had an 11-play, 80-yard drive that chewed six and a half off the clock. Like, you you, you can't draw that up any better it, when you're talking about that complementary football. And I also think that the offense, you know, helped the defense stay fresh. You know, I, I honestly believe in that Jets game toward the end of the game, they were gassed a little bit and understandably so. Um, but they they were not gassed in that uh, game Thursday night. And when you look at how it ended, like they learned their lesson, they 30 yards down the field, they lined up five guys in a straight line across the 35 yard, 30, 35 yard line. I forget w- which one it was, but they just lined five guys up there. And the Steelers did that hot potato play that Denzel Ward ruined a lot of nights for uh, those that may have had a financial interest in the final score of the game. Yes, yes, very much. Yes. <laughs> We're allowed to say that. We can, yeah, say, you can that. say that. Um, and by him falling on that fumble in the end zone, it'll look great in, in his on his stat line uh, at the end of the season. The fact that he scored a touchdown, the fact that he recovered a fumble, and whatnot, but. Um, yeah, I, I think that the defense deserves, and Joe Woods deserve, a lot of credit for that second half and what they were able to do in limiting Mitch Trubisky and really making life difficult on him in the final 30 minutes. All right, Daryl, I want to kind of go through the injury list, uh, which, and I'm going to go through it and where we started on September 20th. So I'm going to go back to September 20th on this. Chase Winovich was placed on the injured reserve with a hamstring injury. Jesse James, the tight end, uh, wouldn't have the opportunity to play against Pittsburgh, the former Steeler, uh, bicep injury. Then you get into uh, the 22nd, and Ronnie Harrison Jr. is that does not look good. Uh, Demetri hamstring and warm up, hamstring yeah. injuries and warm ups never a good thing. No, uh, Michael, I'm just looking at some of the guys that were out for the game the other day, but injury and then uh, Jadavian Clowney was out for the game, Chris Hubbard was out for the game. 
I, I mean, you're just looking they lose at lose Anthony Walker for the season. That is a major, major loss for them. Um, Taven Bryant, Jed Wills, Jeremiah Wusu Kormo, all these guys either lost or banged up from the game or right around the game. So, uh, the injury bug, I, 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 this 10 day layoff has been kind of a blessing, especially for these guys that might be able to fix what's going on. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see who's on the practice field Monday morning, uh, <laughs> as we record this on a Sunday night. Um, I don't anticipate a lot of those guys that you named actually being on the practice field Monday. I can see them g- getting them as much as, uh, as much rest as humanly possible. Um, but the injuries are kind of starting to pile up a little bit here. Uh, the J- Jadavian Clowney ankle injuries concerning, especially if it's the high ankle variety, those things can take weeks uh, to heal. Um, I was told JOK, it's not too serious with the groin injury, but those are always problematic. So it wouldn't shock me if he was unable to play, uh, in Atlanta next Sunday. So, and again, you lose Anthony Walker. The good news is you basically had co-starters at that position with both Anthony Walker and Jacob Phillips. And how about Jacob Phillips, the job? He yeah. Did. Unbelievable. Holy smokes. Coming in off the bench, had us, had a sack couple of big tackles uh you know i i mean you want to talk about announcing your presence with authority my goodness gracious so uh let's get let's show him uh, a little love here too but um yeah the, the injury thing is going to be something we'll be watching all week heading into this falcons game all right daryl let's take one more time out we're going to use more big picture stuff on the browns as we uh start getting ready and turn the page as we start to warm up as uh, atlanta is the next stop for the Browns and they'll be on the road Sunday. So we're going to talk a little bit about what needs to happen this week and other storylines that are concerning your Cleveland Browns. It's always game day in Cleveland and he's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, well, subscribe to the podcast and you can always, always, always get a hold of us. In fact, Daryl, I think we should probably do a mailbag by the end of this week. How do you feel about that? I think we can do that at game day, CLE at game day, CLE. Um, on either Twitter or Instagram. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. Back after this.